Locked On Bucks listeners, welcome back to part two of our conversation with Carmen Vitale from Buccaneers.com. All right. Well, <clears throat> David, why don't you hit us with the uh, the other voicemail that we got with the uh, listener bold prediction before we get into ours? Yes, sir. Here we go. Hey, this is uh, Powell Robinson in East Seminole Heights. And uh, my bold prediction for week two, uh, the Bucks give up zero sacks and Chris Godwin scores twice. Go Bucks. All right, so two weeks in a row without giving up any sacks to two defenses that were pretty highly touted heading into the season. Uh, you know, two defenses that theoretically could have, would have, should have faced off in the NFC Championship last year. If the Bucks can manage to do that, <clears throat> I would say that they are well on their way to being a very formidable. Uh, contender throughout the season because what it's going to boil down to is the offensive line. Last year, the offensive line play was not great. And the unsung heroes really in, in the saints game were Peyton Barber and Jacquez Rogers in their ability to pass protect the way that they were picking up blitzes and, mm-hmm. and helping keep the pocket clean for Fitzpatrick was truly phenomenal. So uh, I really, really hope that you're right about that. I think Philly's defensive line is a little scarier than the Saints. But if they can keep uh, Fitz's jersey nice and clean and pretty white that the fans are sick of seeing, but it's Florida <laughs> in September and it's hot and let's have a whole like – I know most of you remember that whole Donovan McNabb got so hot in that green jersey that he was throwing up on the sideline. Let's do that. We'll do that whole thing again. So let, let's keep Fitz's jersey nice and pretty and white. And as for Chris Godwin, I mean, he was, he was my X factor for the Saints game. I predicted him to have, I believe, to have two touchdowns. Didn't I, David? I believe so, yeah. Yeah, I predicted over 102 touchdowns for Godwin. So maybe this is the makeup game. And, you know, if if Deshaun doesn't clear the concussion protocol, um, Godwin's going to have to step up in a big, big way to help keep this offense churning out the way that it was in week one. Yeah, yeah that sounds good. Carmen, what do you, what do you think? Does number 12 get two touches? Um, yeah, I mean, that was my thought. My first thought, too, was if Deshaun can't go, then, yeah you know, Chris Godwin's going to have to step up majorly. Um, and I think that, you know, that could happen for sure. I mean, he just makes the most ludicrous catches that I've seen, you know, all this preseason um, and in the games and in practice. And he just works at it so, so hard. He's always on that judge machine making catches. And, you know, I, I think that we'll have to see if Deshaun plays. So if Deshaun does play, I don't know how that works because I just don't know how you get the ball of that, you know, to Deshaun and to Mike Evans and to Chris Godwin. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a great problem to have, though. Um, as far as the no sacks, that's a little bit trickier. I think that's definitely a bold prediction. But what's funny is, um, so the team has team goals every game. Um, but, you know, it's, you know, X number of penal- penalties or less. Um, this many rushing yards or more, um, you know, just all that kind of stuff. And their goal for sacks every game is to allow one or less. So granted, if, if they were to do that every game, that would put them at 16 sacks, 
you know, in a season, which is unheard of for the most yeah. part. Um, although I will say I was looking it up um, for the Saints game prior to last week and the Saints in 2017 only gave up 20 sacks. But I don't know if that's as much of a credit to the offensive line as it is how quickly Drew Brees gets hit the ball out of his hands. Yeah, I think that's more on Brees. <laughs> yeah, I think I think so too. And he's just shifty as all, you know, as all get out. Um, the Eagles allowed 36 sacks, I believe, last year from what I looked up. Um, so our line getting to them looks pretty good. But as far as that front four not getting through the offensive line as much as, you know, I just talked about how, how you know, how solid they've been. Um, I, I don't see it happening where they don't get just it at least once. Hopefully not more than that. I hope they meet their goal. But that's going to be really, really, really tough. Yeah, most most definitely. I, I definitely I think I'm on the same same track as you guys are. I think the Chris Godwin getting two touchdowns is a little bit more likely than Ryan Fitzpatrick staying upright the entire game. Um, yeah. But again, you know, two two good predictions. Hopefully, they both come true. Because just like the other ones, I think if they come true, the Bucks are in pretty good position uh, to pull to pull out that victory there at home. So uh, those were our two fan uh, bowl predictions. We we appreciate you guys calling in as well, and everybody else who's been calling in all week. The response has been fantastic, so we really appreciate it. But now it's time to put uh, all of us on the hot seat, I guess. So um, why don't I go ahead and throw out the first bowl prediction, James? You you okay with that, Carmen? You all right with that? Yeah, I want you guys to go first. Absolutely. Fantastic. So I'm going to throw one out that I know James wasn't going to do because he does not think as highly of this person as I do. Oh, geez. Um, and it's, it's Will Clark. Uh, I was oh, upset. Okay. Yeah, no, I was upset when, when uh, he had to leave to bring in Carl Nassib. Right? I, I, I understood it, but I didn't like it. Uh, so when I, when I, I found that, he, I'm sorry. I said I didn't either. For the record, I really like Will. Yeah, fantastic. See, we're on the same page. So it's two against one because James hates him. I'm, I do James, not. James does not does not hate Will Clark. Um, I but, just, as soon as you said somebody that I'm not as high on, I immediately figured it was Catanzaro. Yeah, you went to Chandler. I knew you would. But Brent Brent already covered that last night, so so we're good on that. Um, we'll see who uh, who's right about that. Yeah, so I'm going to feel really bad if Will doesn't dress, but I kind of feel like he has to dress, especially with JPP. Even if JPP takes the field, I still feel like just because he is banged up and because it's such a physical game, it's going to be such a defensive-focused game. I think they have to bring Will Clark in and let him suit up and, and make him active. Um, Will Clark's going to get two sacks. That's that's my bold prediction. I think that he's going to come up with two sacks. Wow. There's your, there's your first shot. Rise up to my level. Wow. Oh, really? The Falcon slogan? You're going to throw the Falcon slogan in on a Bucks podcast? Yeah. I'm, Shame I'm on you. stealing it and making it better. Shame, Shame on shame. you. Shame. <laughs> oh, that was, that was terrible. So Carmen <laughs> wants us to go first, James. So it's on you now. What do you got? Uh, <clears throat> okay. Well, my bold prediction is kind of contingent on the injury report. Uh, but I'm going, I'm going. Deshaun Jackson on this one and shout out Greg Allman. He threw out a couple of tweets with some really interesting stats regarding mm-hmm. Deshaun Jackson. I'm shocked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, he's so good at pro football reference. Just so good. I still want Greg to teach that master's course in it because I would take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Me too. So no player has more 50 plus yard receptions for the Eagles and no player has more 50-plus yard receptions against the Eagles than Deshaun Jackson. 
Right. And when when he has faced his former team, Deshaun is four and one. He has three 100 yard games and he has two touchdown catches of over 80 yards. <laughs> Ridiculous. This makes me giggle. I love that. So my bold prediction is that Deshaun has not one, but two 50 plus yard touchdown receptions touchdown against reception. the Eagles. Touchdown receptions, not regular touchdown receptions against the Eagles if he plays. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, and those could be the only yeah. two snaps he plays the entire game, too. So, it could I mean, be. That's and, how and, dangerous that dude is. I mean, that could happen. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. is like even if he does play, I can't imagine that you're not going to limit him a little bit. Yeah. Just because, I mean, the ramifications, if something were to happen again, would just be awful. I would, I would be so. I would, I was sick seeing him go down on Sunday, and like that little like jolt he did. I was like, oh my god, oh my god, cool. Oh. But um, I hope that you're right, and I hope he. Does. I think if he does play, though, he's going to try and play out of his mind. Oh yeah, he does. He, you yeah, know. it's it's very personal. Even though I don't think there's anybody of any relative importance left within the organization from when he was there outside of uh, what's the owner's name, Jeff um, Jeffrey Lurie. Yes. Thank you. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Chip Kelly was the one that sent him packing and, and he's mm-hmm. long gone busy screwing up UCLA, which I have to find <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> My niece is a freshman at the university of Cincinnati. And so from what I understand, the campus was, Rather fun after they beat UCLA. Uh, so that's a <laughs> welcome to college experience for my niece. God love her. Um, but it, it's still, I think, just embedded in him at the point that like this is the franchise, the organization that disrespected me, that you know dragged my name through the mud. And every time I get the opportunity, I'm going to make them weep because they let me go. So yeah. I think if he suits up, it happens again. I'm trying to think. Was Doug Peterson under Andy Reid at the time that Deshaun Jackson was there? I, I'm i not sure. I want to say that sounds right just because I want to say that Peterson yeah. went with Reid to Kansas City. He did. Yeah, he would have been there. Yeah. So Peterson would have been with the Eagles um, as – I believe he was the quarterback's coach under Andy Reid. He was with the Eagles, offensive quality control. 2011 and 12, he was the quarterback's coach. 2013, he became the O coordinator in Kansas City. So he was with he was with the Eagles for four years from 09 to 2012. Yeah, so they, they would have overlapped. Those years. Yep. Yeah, they would have overlapped. You know, ever since we started doing this podcast, people have been asking us for advice, and usually it's what team to bet on this week. The truth is we don't know who's going to win, but if you think you know, you've got to check out my bookie. Remember, who you're betting on is just as important as who you're betting with. That's why we always tell people to bet with my bookie. Trust us, everyone. They are your best bet this season. They've been in business for years, have great reviews online, and their mobile site is easy to use. We would only recommend a service to our listeners that have been good to us, and that's why we're always urging urging everyone to make their way to my bookie. You win, they pay. 
They have in-game live betting, over-unders on fantasy points scored, and the most rewarding player perks in the business. And right now, MyBookie is completely slammed with new bettors, and they want to give everyone the best service possible. If you're willing to deposit after 7 p.m. Eastern time, they will give you an additional $25 free play on deposits over $100. Join now, and MyBookie will match your deposit dollar for dollar. You just have to use promo code LOCKEDON25 to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code LOCKEDON25. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, the number two and the number five, when creating your account to claim up to $1,000 in free play. If you're willing to hold out until after 7 p.m., you can get that extra $25 free play by using our promo code. It's up to you guys, but I'd wait until after I eat dinner and take that extra money. Join my bookie. You play, you win, and you get paid. If it's my turn to go, you guys have omitted the biggest hot take. Both of you have omitted the biggest hot take that you told me about before we started recording. Well, that's why you're here, though, is to keep us on a straight line. Uh, yeah, and I'm going to do it because who did both of you decide was going to win the game? Uh, we haven't oh, gotten to that far yet, Carmen. Yeah, so yeah, we're, we're, we're coming up to that segment. <laughs> we haven't gotten there. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, um, if it's my turn to make a bold prediction, though, my bold prediction apparently is that the Bucks are going to win. <laughs> <laughs> you would still be in the minority in that, in that yeah. prediction because on – you look at ESPN, you look at the betting lines, all that. The, the Buccaneers are still three and a half point underdogs at home. Uh, and the majority of people picking the games are saying, you know, week one was probably a fluke. And, you know, it's pretty bold on, on your part as well. And I'll throw this out there. You know, Dirk Cutter, three and O as a head coach in week one, he's zero and two in week two. And he has losses of 40 to seven and 34 to 17. So it's not crazy to call you saying the the Buccaneers will win this game a bold prediction because historically you would be horrendously wrong (laughs) yeah well I I would have I would have been horrendously wrong according to everybody prior to week one too so I'm I'm riding this train I'm all on board but I will if you want me to um I will offer another bold prediction that's not quite so broad Okay. Um, and this is, you know, if you want me to get on your level, the Bucks will allow less than 100 net rushing yards from the Nice. I like that. Um, the emphasis um, of the Buccaneers' defense is going to be to stop the run. Because if you stop the run and you force Nick Foles to pass, Nick Foles holds on to the ball as it is. Um, if you make him have to throw every single time, he's going to hold on to that ball longer and longer, and you're going to have more time to get to him. So if they can effectively shut down the run and make that offense one-dimensional, Nick Foles is not going to be able to carry it. So that's been an emphasis. And, yeah, I think that, hey, why not? We're going for bold. They're going to they're gonna hold the Eagles to under 100 yards rushing. That's well, fantastic. I would say that if that bull prediction comes true, then your other bull prediction will for sure come true. Duh. <laughs> the correlation. So if we if we collect all these bull predictions, we've got 
what two touchdowns to Godwin, two touchdowns to Howard, a pick six for Evans. So that's five touchdowns on the board. No <laughs> missed extra points, right? Because Brent predicted that Chandler can't. No, 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 no. He didn't say no missed games. extra points. He said no missed kicks. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. So all those five extra, calm down. All five of those extra points are made, right? So we got 35 points there, less than 100 yards rushing for the Eagles, two sacks by Will Clark. I mean, that's a win. <laughs> that is a win if I've ever seen it. Oh, yeah. Well, now, uh, wait, now rewind because I think you're shorting them touchdowns with all these bull predictions. Because I said two for DJX. Then there was two for God. No. two for DJX. So that's two for six. Six touchdowns. No, it'd be seven. Two OJ, two DJ, oh, yeah, two yeah, Godwin, yeah. one Justin one? Evans. Good. So Lord. we're looking at like 48 Straight nothing. Off the rails. Is, our, is our prediction. <laughs> so we're putting up another. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I love we're it. That's fantastic. Points, yeah, that's why I love this episode. This is this is the best episode ever. That, um, would, be, that would be the most points scored by the Buccaneers ever in a single game then. Yeah. Well, they would have had that if it wasn't for Chandler. Oh, Pendleton. here you go again. Okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so uh bold predictions fantastic uh, a lot of a lot of fun obviously now let's let's move into uh the next segment offensive defensive players of the game uh james why don't you kick us off there uh offensive player of the game uh, i'll have to you know to piggyback off of my bold prediction it would have to be deshaun jackson now i will put a little asterisk there if deshaun does not suit up i'll go back and i will use my predictive player of the game from week one. And I will say Chris Godwin, because I think he'll be the one that has to step up and and really take over that role to help the offense continue to click. So Deshaun Jackson, if he suits up, if not Chris Godwin, uh, do you want to throw my defensive player out there too? Or are we, are we doing both at the same time? Okay. Uh, Defense player of the game, Quan Alexander. If Carmen's, bold prediction comes true and they limit the Eagles to less than 100 net rushing yards. It's going to fall on the shoulders of Quan Alexander to play the way he did after that first drive in New Orleans. Cause that was a horrendously ugly drive for Quan. He was taking bad angles. It, it was, and then it seemed like he kind of got, it was almost like he, he had to get the nerves out in that first drive. And, mm-hmm. and after that, he shored up a forced fumble, uh, a really great game. I believe he had outside of uh, a Vinnie Curry sack. He had the only other tackle for loss. Um, so if they're going to shut down Jay Ajayi and the Eagles rushing attack, it's going to be on Quan to do so. Yeah. I, I like both those picks. Uh, Carmen, you want to go next? Or you want me to go first? I can go. All right. Um, defensive wise, just because I love a good story. I love to be, you know, as a writer, <laughs> go figure. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love it for it to be Vinny Curry. And the thing is that I think is underrated about Vinny is his run stopping ability. And so if my bowl prediction is going to come true and they're going to hold a JHI in the rushing attack to less than a hundred yards, you're going to need Vinny Curry to get you some run stuff. So if he can, and that's the thing which makes this kind of even more tough is that that's not necessarily, that's not even a question stat because run stops. So, like, he doesn't come up with, like, sack numbers. People are going to be like, why are you picking him to be the defensive player of the game? But if I think it'll be heavily on him to help stop the run, and I think that that would be obviously a great story that, you know, against his former team. I think both him and Bo Allen, though, I mean, they can downplay yeah. as much as they want. They want to beat these guys bad. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. So, you know, we'll see how they play under pressure and in that situation. But if they do play out of their minds, that's easy. Um 
offensive player of the game. I would, again, for the story's sake, I hope that Deshaun plays. But other than that, I guess I'm just I'm, I'm going with the run here. I'd love to see Peyton Barber break out because I think that, I mean, he got involved in the Saints game, but nowhere near, you know, his potential, I think. Yeah. And if he can get over 100 yards rushing and they can establish the run, again, that's going to help fit not have to do so much and be able to manage the game a little bit more and extend drives and keep the offense on the field. Um, so I think that Peyton Barber, and I would love to see him, you know, get in there again in the end zone. I, I As much as I love seeing Fitz score rushing touchdowns, um, it's either or. You're either going to get sacked or you're going to do those plays, but you can't do both. I don't want him doing both. That's putting him in harm's way way too much. Um, and since I think he might get sacked uh, at least once, uh, I would hope that he's not rushing himself and lowering his head like he was against the Saints in the end zone. So Peyton Barber and Vinny Curry. Nice. I like those picks. It, it, yeah, I agree. It makes me a little bit nervous when I see Fitzpatrick running because uh, I, I like I what I've seen it. out of Ryan Griffin, but I don't want to see him in the regular season. You know, no right. offense to him. Uh, he, he looks good on the sideline. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so my defensive player of the game is going to be GMAC. It's going to be Gerald McCoy. Um, I feel like with this defensive line, especially with JPP being a little bit banged up, uh, having Carl Nassib kind of coming into the fold, already missing two players that were expected, you know, to be contributors on the defensive line uh, coming into this game before potentially losing JPP and then bring Will Clark back into the fold. Granted, he's only been gone for what a week, uh, but still, you know, bring him back into the fold and kind of catching him up from the week or, or so that he did miss um, and, and catching up in time to play against the Eagles. He's the, he's the consistent, he's the one constant on that defensive line, and he's a captain for a reason. Uh, well, I know I don't know if Dirk Cutter's announced the captains, but, uh, you know, Gerald McCoy's been wearing that C for a while for a reason. And I think that uh, when it comes to this game, especially, like you said, Carmen, if they're going to keep the rushing attack bottled up, uh, they're going to put pressure on, on pressure on Nick Foles, then it's going to take Gerald McCoy kind of stepping up and being that leader like he's been doing for the Bucks for all these years and helping these guys get, uh, get through some of the tough moments, you know, when they're not getting the quarterback or if the Eagles get up in the game early, you know, and kind of bringing that unit together and kind of keeping them all on the same page. I think it's a little bit more of a challenge than, than a lot of people realize is getting all those new pieces with the new coach uh, all on the same page at the same time. So for that reason, GMAC is is my guy. And then uh, on the offensive side, this is going to be another one that's a little bit uh, hard to measure by stats, right? Well, you can't measure it by stats, but um, if you if it's it's going to be something that you have to kind of look for, and it's going to be Jaquiz Rogers um, in pass protection. I think that he is going to have a big role if the Eagles can fire off the way the Eagles fans are hoping they can. Then I think that we're going to see more of Quiz than we saw last week, and I think we're going to see him in in pass pro a little bit more uh, than we did last week. And you know, I know the highlight of him handling Cam Jordan is floating around Twitter. Um, <laughs> You know, so I think that uh, he could be a, he could be a guy not so much in the stat box, but coming in on some of those key roles where he can kind of chip block and maybe leak out or just hold his own and and keep uh, keep Fitzpatrick upright. I think that uh, he's going to be a big contributor this week. So those are my players of the game. Cool. I would like to add one thing about the defensive guys because I haven't really heard many people talk about it, and he talked about it. Is that JTP? He spent his entire career with the Giants going up against the Eagles. Like, yeah. if you're not going to have a guy that played on the Eagles, he's about as familiar with them as you can get. He hates them. <laughs> <laughs> as do most people outside of Philadelphia. <laughs> he 
Yeah, I still have a soft spot for them. But uh, never. I think that, yeah, I mean, JPP is also kind of an under undervalued asset in a game like this because he's, he's not going to be happy about going against him. He's going to want to get to Nick Foles. Yeah, I mean that's 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 a very good point. I mean, we've talked about the Eagles players, the former Eagles players that are in the locker room now. But yeah, JPP, I mean he's he's got. I mean he uh, he, he could even have. Well, not Vinny Curry's been around for a little bit. So he might even have more games uh, on the field with the Eagles than than some of those guys do. But nah, never mind. I'll, I'll detract that. <laughs> uh, Nick Foles as a starter is two and zero against the Buccaneers. He is. He's been sacked seven times by them though. But never, but he's never thrown an interception. Yeah, but that, that can't keep up. I That's watched Foles in college. I yeah, went to Arizona State. He went to University of Arizona. Yeah. I don't. I don't have any faith in Foles. I know that he's like a wonderful guy, and I'm sure, you know, family man. When he was going to quit football, he was going to go be like a minister or whatever. He's a great yeah. dude. I'm sure. I still don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> and I still have no faith in him. Uh, and David, to to your point, JPP has played against the Eagles fourteen times mm-hmm. with a record of four and ten. Jeez, no wonder he hates them. Yeah, <laughs> record. Of, yeah, <laughs> uh, five and a half sacks, forty-one tackles in his career against Philly, and that is the. Yeah, that is the third most sacks he has against one individual team. He had seven against the Cowboys in his career and 12 and a half against Washington. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. Prepare yourself, Alex Smith. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go ahead and, and, and wrap things up here with the score predictions. I already gave mine on Wednesday's episode on Crossover Wednesdays. If you haven't listened, make sure you check that out. I had a great conversation with Louis DiBiase, the host of Locked on Eagles. Uh, he predicted a little bit more of a lopsided score than I did, but for the second week in a row, I am picking the Buccaneers to lose uh, 34 to 31. Um, but again... I will I will pick against the Buccaneers every single week if they come out and they play the way they did against the Saints. I will gladly fall on that sword and be the victim of online ridicule for picking against <laughs> them week in and week out if it gets those kind of results. So, Carmen, okay. what is your final score prediction? I am going to go Buccaneers. Uh, 27 to 24. And to David. So, all right. So since my pick is already signed, sealed, delivered to BucksNation.com, I can't change it, obviously. Um, I also picked the Eagles to win 34 to 31. Before I knew that's what James picked. Um, because he didn't listen to the mm-hmm. podcast. Because I didn't finish the episode until mm-hmm. before I made my pick. Which is actually good. I mean, that shows integrity, right? But... Um, <laughs> I mean, honestly, going through the week and, and listening to your conversation with Louie over there and talking with Brent last night uh, and talking with Carmen tonight, uh, I mean, honestly, I'm I'm more confident in the Bucks winning than I was coming into the week. Um, obviously, I thought it was going to be close, right? A three-point spread is not uh, exactly a, 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 a you know startling defeat by any means. Um, but I'm more confident now. Um, I think if I had to, 
I didn't, but if I had to make a bet on my bookie on this game, I would still have to pick the <laughs> Eagles. Um, but I'm definitely less confident in that selection uh, coming into the weekend than I was uh, coming into the week. For the record, I just need to state that I am in no way affiliated with your bookie sponsor. <laughs> yeah, definitely. They are a yes. sponsor of the show. Have nothing to do with the Buccaneers. Put no, that on the record. Or me or anything like that. Yes, yes. That <laughs> is correct. to do our NFL gambling training, so I want to make yeah. that very clear. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Scott and uh, – yeah, they were talking about that on the Salty Dogs the other day. Has Scott done his yeah. training yet? Oh, yeah. I know. We, it was it – was, the deadline has passed, and um, okay. we got a very stern email warning us if we hadn't completed it yet. Good. Fantastic. We got a little certificate and everything. So yep. I know Carmen is not part of my bookie or participating in my bookie in any way, shape, or form. That's right. Yeah. My bookie is only affiliated with the Locked On Podcast Network. Carmen, thank you so much for joining us. Really appreciate some of your time. I know we went a lot longer than I anticipated. David has now <laughs> kept me up way past my bedtime. Um, <clears throat> yeah, because some of us have to be up in four hours. Uh, <laughs> some of us are on vacation. so <laughs> I guess I'm the happy medium then. Jeez. There you go. <laughs> Uh, Carmen, what's on tap over at Buccaneers.com that uh, people can come and see what you're working on? Um, right now, we're kind of in full season mode, so I've got a couple weekly articles. I always do um, bucks to watch, five bucks to watch. I always do takeaways from the game. Um, and then anything that kind of comes up during the week that, you know, we find interesting, um, you know, I get, I, you know, I have that as well. So it's, it's, it's pretty routine from here on out. All right. Well, yeah, make sure everybody is heading over to Buccaneers.com to check out what Carmen is doing and make sure you give her a follow on Twitter at Carmi V. That's C-A-R-M-I-E, the letter V. Uh, you can also check out what David and I are doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JRCO underscore Bucks, and at DH82 underscore Bucks. Make sure you send us your post-game reaction voicemails at 813-444-5841. Get entered in to win that autographed Quan Alexander jersey. We are getting flooded with voicemails now. So everybody, hey, you got to step your game up. If you want to be played on the air, be entered in for the contest. We need you to come with the fire. Thank you all so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks. Hey guys, this is Matt calling from Nashville, Tennessee. Just want to give a little input for this coming up game this next week with the Eagles. Uh, and I am coming from the other side, from the Eagles fan. I just want to say that uh, I believe the Eagles are going to take this one, and I think it's going to be a close game. So coming in this week, the Bucks are looking good this year. And, uh, of course, I believe the Eagles are looking better. But uh, it will be a close one, but I believe that the Eagles are going to take this one. Thanks a lot. Hey, James and Dave, what's up? This is Craig. So, I don't know where you guys get off thinking that your trash bucks are going to beat the Eagles this weekend. I got it. Jesse, he had a good game last week. Put up, you know, I don't know, enough fantasy points to make Dave think about starting for the rest of his fantasy year. But it was anomaly. Alright? I mean, Let's be real about this. Tiffy is going to maybe, maybe have two touchdowns this week if he's lucky. All right. So you guys, you guys got to remember, the, the Eagles aren't this trash state defense that you guys went against last week. All right. I mean, 
there's Darby back there, there's Sidney Jones, there's the Green Goblin running back there, and then you also got Malcolm Jenkins and uh, Rodney McLeod. All right, and that's if that's if you, your boy Fitz even has time to get the ball off. I mean, I think you guys forget which defensive line you're playing against this week. You guys have a good weekend, and then uh, we'll see how this game turns out on Monday. All right, guys, later. Charisma could another one stomach. If I be a prisoner, then I wasn't more.